Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis on Talk Sport. Welcome to it. It is Fight Night on TalkSport, your home for boxing every Saturday evening where we go through all the biggest stories and speak to all the biggest names in the world of fight sports. And it's a pleasure. Let me tell you, it is a pleasure. He's decided to cut his holidays short and join me back in the studio, the one and only Gareth A. Davis. He's brought his black book back and he has been through it and he has been booking man after man after woman after woman after man after man for tonight's show. Gareth, great to see you. How are you, mate? I'm good, man. Lovely to speak to you. And uh, yeah, it's great back to, to be back in Blighty. Got back from San Fran yesterday. Sun was shining. And, uh, you and know you've what? come back to the wind and the rain and the snow, mate. Come, That's what you've come back to, come, yeah. Come back to the wind and the rain <laughs> and the snow. And i tell you what, though. What a cracker for you and I to start the year with, Adam. I mean, you know all the guests tonight. It's just unbelievable. And we've just secured Big Bob Arum, or oh. little, little old Big Bob Arum, oh. um, for later on in the show tonight, who's going to give us uh, some details on some amazing announcements coming next week uh, in the UK. Well, let's, um, let's go through uh, the guests that are on the show tonight. You mentioned Bob Aaron there. Uh, he's not the only promoter joining us. Frank Warren will be joining us on the show. The former super welterweight WBO world champion, Liam Smith, who's just signed to Matchroom this week. He'll be joining us on the show. Uh, Lisa Whiteside, who's the 2018 Commonwealth gold medalist. She's got her eyes firmly set on a, a, a showdown with Nicola Adams now that she's turned pro. She's on the show. Chris Eubank Jr., you know that he's fighting DeGale. He's coming to join us as well, as is big baby Miller. And... We've got a very special guest in the studio. I'm going to keep that just just a little bit. Just hold that back for a second or two before we introduce the guest in the studio. Because let me tell you, that is some serious hot sauce, Gareth. Some serious hot sauce. You know of- what? One clue. He looks like John Jones, the <laughs> UFC fighter. He's the same dimensions he's as, as him. He's as hard as him as well. And yeah. he's as hard as him as well. Yeah. There you go. And he's got he's got an obsession with Candy Crush. Has he really? And I've been right. able to get him out of it. For the half an hour, I've been trying to get his attention while we've been sitting here. Uh, before we introduce our guest, uh, let's go through the big three headlines of the week. Well, first up, after months of speculation as to whether it's still on or not, the World Boxing Super Series seems to have sorted itself out. There's been plenty of reports that certain fighters haven't received their bonus from the quarterfinals and certain people haven't been paid. I'm reliably informed this week that everything's been sorted and the tournament is back on track. Uh, originally scheduled for February, you won't see any semi-finals as of yet, but you might see some in April, which is good news. Uh, because I'm dying to see Josh Taylor back in action. I don't know about you, Gareth, but the matchups in the semi-finals for the super banter, sorry, yeah, uh, the banter weights, and of course uh, the super lightweights. It's absolutely mouthwatering, and we need to see those fights on, don't we? Definitely, there's no question about that. You know, it's funny, you know, because the World Boxing Super Series has been such a success. It unified the cruiserweight titles, of course. There's another clue for the man in the studio mm-hmm. with us, and uh, you know, and it's been a very, very 
successful tournament for the Brits in the super middleweights as well. So the fact that the that the money, if you like, I reckon it was just negotiational things that were going on in the background, TV deals and so on, mm. um, the, the move over to showing it in America. But yeah, like you say, it looks like we're moving onwards and upwards with it now. And it's a very, very important um, thing that's been integrated into boxing in the last couple of years because a tournament resonates because it unifies belts, Adam. Absolutely. Number two on the list this week. I mentioned him at the top of the show. He's joining us later on, so he'll give us the reasons as to why he's done it. He's uh, parted amicably from Frank Warren and joined Matchroom. Liam Smith and, of course, TJ Dahini, uh, the world champion at Bantamweight, have both signed Matchroom contracts this week. Matchroom moving and shaking, signing some big names. And you would think that both of those guys might be... uh, Fighting transatlantic, Gareth, with uh, the de- with the matchroom USA deals that are available to them. Yeah, no question about that. But also, Adam, of course, there's a potential real big British fight, and it's a fantastic matchup potentially between a Liam Smith and a Cal Brook at light middleweight. That and is a fight we would all want to see. And I've no doubt we'll be in there asking him that exact same question in around about an hour from now. So make sure you're around for it. Number three on the list. Now I don't know how true this is, but the rumours are gathering. And they're coming from reputable sources. Is big Vladimir Klitschko making a comeback? Gareth, shed some light on it. Nonsense. (laughs) There you go. One word dealt with. Done. Dillian White versus Vladimir Klitschko. Forget it. There you go. That was the big three this week. (laughs) He's not coming back. Now then, um, our guest in the studio. Before I introduce him, take a listen to this. Please welcome to the ring... Lawrence I remember saying for my last fight I was over the moon with it yes I won the title I'm happy I won the title but I realised the stuff that I need to work on and that's all that I've been doing since Justice League Sakoli, who's been too big, too strong, too powerful, too relentless. I'm a British champion. I want to defend the British title, so whoever becomes manager will get the chance. With me, it is what it is. It is, of course, the one, the only, the man that goes by the name of the sauce. And it's the hottest of sources, let me tell you. Lawrence Sakoli, welcome. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Great to have you on the show once again. Um... The last time we spoke, actually, you were just getting prepared uh, to fly out to the States to be part of the Tyson Fury camp. How did that go, mate? That must have, you must have taken that as an incredibly flattering thing to be asked to come a, come across and mimic Deontay Wilder. Yeah, no, definitely it was good. Um, but I wasn't actually asked to mimic Wilder. I was asked to just kind of be myself and um, Tyson would get the best work that he could get possibly. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely... It was a, it was an honour to sort of be recognised to um, come out of there, and it was it was a good experience. Mm. And when you were being yourself, mm. what was it like against Tyson Fury? What were you learning against him? Because you, you you and I were speaking outside before we yeah. came, and you said I really learned a lot about myself in that. Yeah, camp. no, definitely. Obviously, I learned um, that I'm very adaptable. Um, Tyson's a good um, boxer, very good boxer. You can see he's always thinking. You know. Um, he doesn't rush his shots. Every every time he throws a punch, he's, he's aiming to to hit. So it was good to sort of um, see another heavyweight champion um, in the flesh, um, putting boxing to boxing, skill to skill against each other um, in sparring sessions. So it was it was it was good for my confidence. But you've got a very close relationship with AJ Anthony Joshua as well. <laughs> yeah. So so. Um, you know, I'm going to ask you, put you on the spot here, Lawrence. Yeah. Who's the number one heavyweight in the world right now? Um, obviously, I would say AJ, but you have to. Um, they have to fight, obviously, and yeah. everyone has to fight to to be sure. Because obviously, I have a bias towards AJ. But <laughs> you know, um, for me personally, it's just it's just amazing to even be able to um, share rings with people like that at this stage in my career and 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 um, get the feedback that I've been getting. So it's, it's yeah. been good, yeah. You, you've obviously got business still to uh, deal with at cruiserweight, but is is that an ambition of yours? Maybe one day to get up there with the big boys at heavyweight? Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, I feel like the older that I'm getting, the more confidence I'm getting, and the the, the better that um, I'm feeling. So definitely, I would like to move up. Uh, all this cardio and watch what I'm eating, it gets annoying after a while. So <laughs> I'll be um, eating. Um, 
my pies and, and growing up before too long. <laughs> Eating my pies and growing <laughs> up. You know, it's funny, you know, because Glenn McCrory um, and um, and Johnny Nelson, obviously, are very big men. Um, even in, the, in their day, in a cruiserweight, and they never, they could never translate that yeah. fully to heavyweight as as world champions. Mm. Um, have you talked talked to Johnny about that at all? Um, no, I haven't spoken to um, Johnny or uh, anyone. I think David Hayes. Um, I spoke to about it. Obviously, I think he, he's mm. one of the last people to win a cruiserweight title and um, heavyweight title. He was able to do it because of speed and power, wasn't yeah, he? A yeah. smaller guy, but speed and power. Yeah, and that knockout, and he was always looking for that knockout yeah, punch. Yeah, yeah, he's so. very economical. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it de- depends how your style develops. Exactly, that's that's what it is with me. I feel like the work that I've been putting in um, since the last fight and the work I'm going to continue to put in will put me in good stead, but time will tell always. I've got a great question here, Adam. Sorry for interrupting. No, it's all right. Ben Davison's come on. Yeah. Yeah? Ben Davison's come on with a question for you. Okay. Yeah? <laughs> like ben Davison, who is Tyson Fury's coach, by the yeah. way, who is out in Marbella, probably twiddling his thumbs right yeah. now around yeah. midnight. And yeah. if you're listening, Ben, mm. here's your question. Right. Of the cruisers above him in the current rankings, who would be his first choice of opponent, barring Usyk? Um, I can pull him up if you want. As in, that's his question. Who would be my favourite fight right now? Uh, probably uh, Gaziev or who's the other one? Um, or maybe Masanet because those are two names that I actually mm. um know and um yeah would like. But obviously Uzik would be, you know, the you've, perfect. You've choice. got the likes of Maris Bradis, yeah. yeah. Um, um, as you say, Maxim Vlasov, Yunia uh, Dortikos. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been lots of talk about you and Dennis Lebedev, haven't there, uh, Lawrence? Yeah, it's been talk. I think um Eddie Hearn mentioned it after um. His last fight, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that is that is definitely a fight. He's a shorter southpaw of experience, so for me, it just is where it is. I feel like um, what I believe is in myself needs to come out, so I feel like I need to take these step ups. I need to be in those kind of fights. I know it might sound crazy after ten fights, but it's kind of what what I feel I need as a person. So um, that's those are definitely stuff that I'm looking to do. What about Tony Bellew? He's still number nine with the WBA at the moment. <laughs> nah, you know, you just Come on, drag reset. him out of nah. retirement once <laughs> more. Come on. Um, Anthony Bellew, sorry, not nah, Tony Bellew. Exactly. So you just got to respect um, <laughs> respect his decisions and stuff. Obviously, it's something that I've thought about. But, you know, as time's gone on, you know, he's um, proven himself at world level. And, you know, mm. um, I wish him the best in retirement. I've I've got another great question from, yeah. from Lewis Holman. And, this, and you know, I want to talk about, Adam and I both said we want to talk to you tonight about, you know, how you got into boxing. Yeah. Lewis says, you once had seven pounds in your bank account. Do you remember yeah. this? Yeah. You once had seven pounds in your bank account in money. Yes. Um, has suffering and going through that made you a stronger person? And how does that translate into the ring? I think so. Um, I think that, obviously, growing up with not that much um, helps you to need to fight. And obviously, boxing is the ultimate definition of um, fighting to get what you need. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like that's obviously translates in the fights. Mm. And also, it kind of makes you appreciate, you know, the stuff that you get um, when you get it. So, yeah, it's all good. Mm, the metaphor for life, my man. Yes, yeah, no. absolutely. Uh, stick with us. Lawrence is going to be with us for the next 15 minutes or so. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Jarrell Miller is going to be on, as is uh, Chris Eubank Jr. We've got lots to get through tonight. Big fight night here on TalkSport. Uh, you're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis in the studio with us right now, uh, Lawrence Sokoli. And for people that are listening to this maybe on the way home from a football match that aren't necessarily hardcore in the world of boxing, I just want to give you a little bit of a brief background as to Lawrence's journey. It's a tremendous journey. 2012, everybody's watching Anthony Joshua do his thing in the Olympics, as is Lawrence. He's flipping burgers in McDonald's at the time. Slightly heavier than you are at this moment, would you say, Lawrence? Yeah, just a little bit. Come on, what were you, come on, what were you weighing in at at the time? Uh, I was 118, 120 kilos at the time. That's wow. about 245, 50 pounds. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's what I was at. Wow, that's it. Wow. And then all of a sudden, you decide, having seen the geezer on the TV do it, you thought to yourself, I can have a go yeah. on this, and you went on this mad journey where you're currently the British and Commonwealth Cruiserweight champion. Yeah, no, I, I, it's pretty much yeah, it went just like that. Obviously, it's been a um, big inspiration, but. Um, it was it was seeing obviously someone like Anthony Joshua um, win a medal and what it did for um, Britain and also what I felt it would do for British boxing mm. um, and then what he went on to do so it was all really inspiring. I mean, during the Olympic qualifiers, I think that's when he was um, winning the world title. So it was all just um, pushes yeah. at the right time and um, yeah, I just um, went on and got to Olympics. I've turned over now, obviously won the 
British title, Commonwealth, and you know WBA Continental. So it's been mm. a good run so far, and um, yeah, it's just gonna keep pushing on. Basically, are you? Are you? Were you though a kid that had scraps in the street? Were you boxing? Look at the smile. Oh, you can't no, see it. That's 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 he had a little, a little bit of grin there. He like he had 175 uh, fights yeah, in the street while he was working at McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, how how where did you grow up, and how had you developed? Just say um, from seven years old. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I obviously I grew up in Hackney, and yeah. um, yeah, obviously I'd had street fights before. I always find it weird when I speak to people who haven't had fights on the road, but it's, yeah. I think it's less people have had fights than people have had fights, which, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. which is mad. But yeah. Um, yeah, I had lots and lots of street fights, but obviously- Is that on the way home from school, on, on the way yeah, to on, school? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're a big man, Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, were you picked on because you were big? Yeah, definitely. And it would more, more often than not be older um, boys. So, you, you know, you had to learn to fight, but- it's different having street fights from boxing so you, matches. So you, you, you're year two and you're beating up year nines, yeah? Some, Come some, on, some, you're seven, you're beating up 12-year-olds, yeah. yeah, yeah you know. was, was it really like that? No, it was, it was generally, generally like um, lots and lots of street fights, yeah. um, stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was good. It was, I don't say it was good fighting on the roll, but obviously it puts you in good stead. So when it comes to sparring for the first time, it's not your first time being punched in the face or punched someone in the face. So yeah. you're mentally kind of um, ready to do it. And um, yeah, just carried on from there. So I don't really have like fear when I'm going into boxing matches. Um, same I didn't have fear fighting outside and it's just that. So half of Hackney have felt your right hand. That's it, that's uh, it. <laughs> maybe a quarter, half, maybe a quarter. Where are you at right now regarding your, your time in the professional game, Lawrence? Because everything's gone swimmingly. As you've just mentioned there, you decide to become an amateur, do extremely well, turnover, doing extremely well. And the last 12 months, when you, when you win titles, uh, and we've spoken to many fighters about this, when you win titles, you then become a little bit avoided and you can't get the fights that you, that, that you want. And that seems to be your case at this moment in time where 2018 you had a couple of fights that maybe didn't necessarily ignite the fans and now you're in a situation where you're the British and Commonwealth champion and you seem to be avoided. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like um, a lot of times, um, especially in the new era that we live in of social media and stuff like that, um, fighters are very good at talking online and on interviews but when it comes to really fighting um they're not they're not they're not as vocal or they're mm. not as ready to do so so um i said before i was going to turn professional what i was going to do i said i'm not going to fight many journeymen i'm going to go for fights i said it in interviews here i said it in interviews everywhere and i went out and actually did it so i mean um in terms of like for example if we talk about the performances first the most important thing to me was winning. Mm -hmm. um, and I just look and what gives me so much confidence and so much belief in myself, um, not just with the fact that I won the fights, but as the fact that I'm having these fights at this early stage, because I can't remember Floyd Mayweather's 10th fight. I can't remember Anthony Joshua's 10th fight. I can't remember any of our favorite fighters' 10th fight. And more mm -hmm. importantly, I know that Canelo in fight 10 wasn't the fighter he is now. Same yeah. way the fighter I am now, is not the fight I'm going to be, you know, in fight 20, fight 25. So I'm very, very happy with where I'm at and what I'm managing to achieve at this stage. And in terms of being avoided, yeah, I, I genuinely believe that people are more interested in online um, debates than really making fights. Like for myself, I, like I said, I said I was going to do stuff and I went in, and when the fights came up, I took them. Um, but it hasn't been the same since my last fight till now. But I'm mm. sure obviously people will eventually start having more confidence in themselves and taking fights. No, it's very interesting, Lawrence. Um, just so you, you, if you want to know, Floyd Mayweather's 10th fight was <laughs> Louis Lazier, yeah. and it was at the County Coliseum, El Paso, Texas, mm -hmm. and he won by second round TKO. Johnny Nelson's 10th fight was John McBean mm. at the at the Tower Ballroom, Birmingham, England. There yeah. you go. The, the interesting thing about you, and, and I wanted to bring Johnny Nelson into this, is yeah. because... What I've seen of you in 2018, and you know, you, you know, when I made the joke about corned beef hash, it yeah. wasn't British beef when you fought uh, the ladder Isaac Chamberlain, and mm -hmm. you know, look, you you beat him fair and square. He didn't fancy it after a couple of rounds. I think that was self-evident. Yeah. Um, what we've seen with your fights, you've got a particular style, and Johnny was like this. People couldn't get near him. He was six foot four, very long. He squeezed his frame into cruiserweight. Mm -hmm. People find it very hard to get near you. Yeah. Um. You're easy, you find it easily to tie them up and you find it easily to get that right hand off 
and to use your jab. You have a particular style. It's developing. Is it the style you want? Because it does make you very awkward. Uh, and, 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 you know, you may win 30 more fights being a very awkward fighter. But does that matter to you aesthetically? And as you rightly say, I can't agree more. On social media today, fighters, uh, some fighters, they walk the walk, or they talk the talk, rather, but then when they don't walk the walk afterwards. You want to walk the walk. Yeah. But what style do you want to develop? Uh, for me, like I said, um, I want to walk the walk all the way. Um, like, for example, there's many fighters that I know, um, so it's no disrespect to them, but, you know, winning the British title is the be-all and end-all. After 10 years as professional, they finally do it, or they box for the British title, and, you know, they've got their career, um, their career dream. But for me, the British title, as much as I respect it, it's just at home looking at me, and I've had 10 fights in under two years, and I've won it, so mm. I'm hungry for more. So... I want European, I want world titles. So I believe the style that I've got at the moment, although it's good for beating, you know, British level fighters, it does need to develop. Um, not just for the way it looks, but for how effective it is. So mm. as you climb up levels, you won't be able to tie people up because yeah, they're just as strong as you or they've got, you know, clever tricks on the inside. So I've definitely been working on it. And a lot of it is more mental than physical. I mean, um, without going into too much detail, I look at my fights and I see... Um, the decision making as opposed to being long and it turned into a grapple it's why did it why did I choose to hold someone or why did they choose to hold me hmm. and figuring ways around that do you know what I mean and different decisions so a lot of it does come down to confidence and I am becoming a much more confident fighter every day like I said sparring people at Fury sparring people at AJ it's like bringing the stuff that I'm capable of doing out on fight night so yeah. making the right decisions at the right time so I'm sure we'll see a lot more of it as I said Fight well, you, 10 compared to fight 20. Mm. Well, you're back out in February, aren't you? And, yeah. uh, on February the 2nd against uh, a very popular fighter in TBA. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, what's then your plan going forward for 2019? Because if you can't get fights at British and domestic level because nobody wants to knock with you, then we're going to have to go up to European and world level, aren't we? That's, Quite quickly. That's exactly right. I mean, if we just go back to my amateur career, um, it was exactly the same thing. So... Um, in London, no one really wanted to fight. In England, no one wanted to fight unless it was in tournaments. Mm. Um, so it's, it might end up being the same thing as a professional. People want to talk about fighting but don't want to do it. So I had 26 amateur fights and I was boxing against the best fighters in the world all the way through. So I've had that kind of um, that kind of journey from when I started boxing, quick, throw them in the deep end. And that's kind of what I like. That's what, that's, that's what brings... Not only the best out of me as physically, but just mentally and emotionally. Um, so I believe the same is going to happen as a professional. Um, and I will move on to European and I will move on to world levels. And I will show who I am, mm. not just to the world, but to myself. So I think, I I think opportunities will come your way because I think it's I think the majority of people know that Alexander Usyk is going to step up. Those belts will become vacant. Some might go into the World Boxing Super Series, but I think mm. opportunities will, will pop along for one, for somebody that wants to have a crack at those uh, belts at a world level, and you seem to have that attitude to to get in there sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure. Do you do you um you know I'm looking at the world boxing rankings at the moment, Lawrence at cruiserweight. Um, is there an ambition to get into that top ten by the end of this year or top fifteen, oh, if you like? Um, one hundred percent. I mean, at the moment, I think on box rank anyway, I'm ranked twelve in the WBA. I'm ranked six, so definitely it is something that I'm. I'm campaigning for it's not just oh yeah let's have fights I'm spoken to Eddie I've spoken to the uh, you are, matchmakers you, I, you are sorry yeah. I missed that no yeah. no stress um, but it is definitely something I'm campaigning for being ranked top 12 on mm. box rec doesn't do anything mm. you know what I mean so I need to go from there into harder fights bigger tests work on my style every day as I am and show out basically so I, I am looking forward to the the, the, the hard road ahead but you know, it needed to be done at some point, so why not now? But if we look at AJ and, you know, where he got into world title fights in the kind of late teens of his of his fights, you know, you look in that division, as as Adam mentions, you know, Alexander Usyk looking to move up to, to heavyweight. Bebert Shumanov is the lesser 
WBA heavyweight champion. Just for the listeners, the WBA have two world champions. <laughs> one who's the major world champion, one who's the minor world champion. We don't know why, but they do. Mm. Um, money, money, Gareth. You know it's, why? It's, it's Come more on, titles, exactly. <laughs> Murat Gassiev's in there at five. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryad Murti, Andrew Tabiti, Junior mm. Dortikos. It's a great... Um, it's a great ranking. division. It is a great division. And and when you wake up in the morning, Lawrence, because I, I, I... Do you know what? What's annoying... Um, and I don't know if we can do this, Matt, but Lawrence has just warmed up. There's a there's a there's a big but. Do you see that, Lawrence? Yeah, I see it. What was it? A big big gap in the market for me to jump in. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And and the thing is this: um, we could do with another half an hour with you now. I think you've just warmed up. Yeah. The thing is this, right? You. You should be getting sponsorship from those guys with the Big Macs, by the way. Ah, hey, by the way, <laughs> if you want me to work that one out for you, I will. Um, what do you wake up and think every morning when you might be feeling low or training camps hard? What's the motif? What's the motto? What's the anthem playing in Lawrence Acoli's head? Um, really, it's just right now, if I don't get it, as much as I don't live for people's respect, my thing is that before I'm finished with boxing, people are going to watch my fights and say, how did he do it? And that's that's kind of what motivates me to, to, to go out because... You know, um, as much as you know, I do love the the love that I get, and so on and so forth. I'm I want to be known as a top class fighter, so I need to get it out of myself um, mm. by any means necessary. So yeah, I'm, I'm on that. Top man. Well, we Lovely wish you all the best, stuff. mate. Yeah, we're looking forward to brilliant. seeing you back in action in uh, in February, mate. Good luck with that, and Thank hopefully. You. By the back end of the year, we're talking uh, Lawrence Acoli, Dennis Lebedev or something you like know. that. Yeah, back at the sure. O2 Summit. Wicked. Yeah. Thanks, Lawrence. Thanks for your time, mate. We're going to be uh, speaking to Jarrell Miller very shortly. Chris Eubank Jr. is on the show as well. You listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. <laughs> try and beat the count I think well in fact he isn't he isn't he just sat it out until nine and then looked like he might rise but he was all over the place there really Miller is just an absolute monster of a heavyweight and you're talking the only kind of guys they're going to be able to beat this guy are the likes of Wilder and Anthony Joshua and you know these really big heavyweights just trying to figure out what's next you know we want AJ but AJ's a little busy I think it's about time I, I knock out a Brit you know the Brits right now are at the top of the list just as me and Deontay is uh, one of the two undefeated guys in the American side Uh, you're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davis, back in the studio, and we have got a all-star lineup for you tonight. If you've just joined us, you've just missed Lawrence O'Corley, this will be available uh, as a podcast for you to download. Coming up a little bit later on, Liam Smith's on the show. We're going to be speaking to Chris Eubank Jr. as well. Bob Arum will be calling in from the States, and that's where we go right now, Gareth. I'm quite excited about this because this man has been... Uh, all over uh, various bits of social media with people insinuating that he might be the next man to be stood across the ring from Anthony Joshua. It is, of course, Jarrell Miller. The big baby's on the show right now. How are you, sir? You well? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just finished eating two cheeseburgers and some fish and chips. I'm back and roll. <laughs> That's what we like. You've got to maintain that 300-pound friend, my friend. Fish and chips and a couple of cheeseburgers will always sort that out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> now listen, come on, let's shed some light on it. You versus AJ, how close are we towards that fight? Uh, it's not that close. You know, it's all, it's all talk. AJ knows how to, you know, drag the fans along. He's a, he's a pretty good fibber when it comes to make, pulling names out of that hat to make a fight and really making the fight, you know. and uh, he, it's, 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 He's done that many times before and he's doing it now. He comes to the States and said he wants to fight me. Then he goes to the U.K., he wants to fight Dylan White, and nothing happens. You know what I mean? So, like I said, he just he likes to hype the crowd up, but eventually all the everything that comes out of his mouth is his BS. <laughs> um, big baby, it's Gareth. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Good to speak to you as always uh, on the show. Happy New Year. Happy yeah, my brother. Um, now the 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 thing is this, and I, I'm I've had a couple of burgers on the way in in celebration for you as well. Um, 
But nice, the, nice. <laughs> um, look, we sat down with you um, just before Dillian White and Derek Chisora in London um, on December the 20th um, down at uh, Canary Wharf. And you were saying, you know, you really do feel like you might fight Anthony Joshua this year. But the resonance you were getting was that, um, and you called him on that day, I hasten to add, the Barbie doll of the heavyweight division, if you recall. Um, maybe you can explain that in a minute. Yeah, sure. But you called him the Barbie doll of the heavyweight division. And your reckoning was that you may well end up having one more fight first, a tune-up, and then potentially fight Joshua in America, perhaps in June, July, maybe even as late as September this year. That's what your soundings were at the time. Yeah, yeah, I think it's looking like probably two more fights before, before I fight AJ. There's a lot of things in between me and fighting AJ to that point that we get there. Um, like I said, it, it, I'm thinking no later than September, you know, but no earlier than September as well. Uh, I think it's definitely going to happen this year. Um, but, you know, AJ, AJ, you know, he holds a lot of weight when it comes to picking his fight. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not waiting around for him. I'm going to stay busy, do what I got to do. If he's ready to get his face smashed in. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's going to be a matter of time. You know, they can run, but, but can't have for so long. Do you think that um, in the chessboard of the heavyweight division, if you were looking at it as a neutral um, he made a mistake in not facing Deontay Wilder, allowing Tyson Fury to come back and create what he has done. Because clearly Wilder and Fury, or it looks like Wilder and Fury will fight next. And his ambition of unifying the division isn't there for him. Yeah, most definitely. It's going to take a little, a little longer than he think it is now because those are two you know, tough guys in the division. And uh, Deontay looks vulnerable in every one of his fights. It's not nothing that he hasn't been vulnerable before. But because Tyson Fury was so close to beating him, now he wants to jump up. Before he was just being a pansy and running scared, he didn't really care for the fight, you know. But now that he looks so vulnerable and so beatable, he feel like this is the best time for him to jump on Deontay. But now Deontay has an unfinished business with Tyson Fury, so now he has to wait in the back of the line and wait for his turn now, you know. So even though he's a big money maker, you know, there's other other great fights to be made, and Andy Joshua doesn't hold the key to everything, you know. So it's, it's good. I think Tyson Fury and Deontay. Is a good fight for the heavyweight division, and they have on several business. Out of the three fighters that, that we're talking about here, Deontay, uh, Tyson Fury, and Anthony Joshua, which one would you say for you is the most difficult fight? I think Tyson. You know, he's a taller guy. Uh, he moves very well. Uh, you know, he has pretty decent conditioning. And uh, I've sparred with Tyson. You know, I've, I've, I've rocked him with pretty good shots. And body says that he's even admit that I'm a, I'm a beast. But uh, from being in the ring with him and and um, knowing him, I think out of everybody, I've been in with Deontay Wilder, he can hit him in a handful of rights. You know what I mean? So it's it's just I just I just know I just feel like he's the more technically sound to me. Mm. Uh, but like I said, I beat everybody. I beat everybody because I just bring something totally different to the table. And I keep telling people there's more sides to this baby that's coming forward and there's couple lang people. It's just that Plan A just always works better and it's just quicker. And I just pity pat him a little bit and unload and then get him out of there. You know. But I'm, I'm a better boxer than every one of them. Even Tyson Fury, I'm a better boxer than. So, and people soon will see that, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it's a matter of time. But I feel like Tyson would be the hardest one and AJ would be the easiest one. It's funny, you know, because I've always said about you, Gerald, you know this, you are the number one in the world at heavyweight in all martial arts disciplines, fighting martial arts disciplines. There's very few of those guys that can say they've been in against the likes of uh, Mirko Krokop, yeah. who people will know, um, the, the very famous Croatian mixed martial artist and pride fighter who's, you know, in his 40s now. But um, just tell us a little bit about that journey, how you've been, you know, a very formidable kickboxer. You could have gone into MMA yourself. You could be fighting the likes of Daniel Cormier, perhaps in the UFC now, the UFC heavyweight champion, yeah. if you'd chosen that route. Correct, correct. I mean, I've always always known I was going to be a boxer from a young age, but martial arts was something that came towards me in a weird fashion. And, you know, I always had a warrior mentality. You know, it was always do or die. And, you know, very few boxers don't think that way anymore. You know, very few are just, you know, trying to take the easy route. You know, and I've always gone, you know, my road to stardom is, is how can I say it? It's undeniably a lot harder, you know, and it's, it's going to be hard to retrace because there's no easy or no eat right or wrong way about it. I just got it, always got it done. You know, and I came out of nowhere even in the kickboxing world, and I'm coming out of nowhere in the boxing world, but it was always 
hard work and grit that got me to where I'm at. And being a martial artist, it's a, it's a mental fortitude, you know. Mm-hmm. We respect every, everybody. We respect the smallest creature to an ant or a butterfly. We show love and, and, and respect. But when it comes to fighting, it's all war, you know. And people don't understand that. Sometimes I, I come off a little arrogant and I mean, but it's not that. It's just that when I'm fighting, my life is on the line, and I take a different kind of approach energy-wise. We can be friends and have a pint or, and you know, and cheers after the fight, but before that, I just want to rip your head over. You know, except we're going to change now for no, for, no, for, for no promotional, no media, no nothing. I've always been like that. Anybody knows, you know, I've always been a great smack talker, but I back it up when I bell rings. So if it isn't Edger then next for you, what is next for you? Um, I don't know, you know, is there so much variables in, in, in the heavyweight division right now? So we Trevor Bryan for the regular WBA belt, that fell through. Uh, then we had another opponent, that fell through. So we're trying to stay busy for, for next week, Friday. We're just waiting on the right opponent to get, you know, the commission the last fight. But we want to stay busy. I don't want to sit down and, you know, wait around. You know, I am a fighter. I love to fight. I love to stay busy. You know, I even, I even um, got a call from an agent from UFC. If I want to come over to the UFC, and I was like, uh, not right now. I feel, you know, I'm making, we're bringing a decent buck right now boxing. And just keeping myself, you know, mentally prepared for whatever comes at the same time. You know, I think this is going to be the break, really be the breakout year for me. And, uh, and I know it's going to be the breakout year for me, but I got to have all my chips in order and just be a mental warrior for the blindfolds on the all of the well. So, so you're saying, Big Baby, that, that potentially you could have a fight announced by next Friday. If that doesn't happen, if um, you suddenly got the call, even though you're saying it's a long way off, if you suddenly got the call that Anthony Joshua wanted to take the fight in America, let's say in May or June, um, would you wait for a fight? And if he precluded, or sorry, if he cancelled the fight in Wembley, would you fight him in May or June in in New York? Um, it's a possibility, but I, I don't think so. It's a couple of things I said before that's on the table that yeah. has to happen, and um, and if those don't happen, then the agent is going to have to wait to find somebody else. Because at the end of the day, I'm a top heavyweight prospect contender, and he needs me as much as I want the belt. He needs me, and he needs a top. Like, I agree with that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do it last minute. This is favor his pocket, to favor his mentality. You know, he also has a respect, respect, but then he wants to pay fighters nine hundred thousand dollars while he's making two twenty twenty million pounds. Like, I think he's full of crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. But as I'm trying to say, the media season to his humbleness crap, and he's really a scumbag at times. You know what I'm trying to say? So, if you're gonna be a real man and real warrior and then talking and pay fighters is gonna jump in the ring, like you're supposed to. You know what I mean? So that's why I kind of side with Deontay and some of the things he says because now that I'm learning and done my research on AJ and I'm kind of, he's really he's really he's, he's really a cheap a cheap route, you know, and I don't, I don't think any fighter should go in there the rest of their life if they're going into as a profession doing for so long and not be compensated the right way, you know what I mean? So, like I said before, AJ got to step up and all that humble stuff, yeah, be a man and do do business the right way at the same time. Could could Trevor Bryan, could he, could Trevor Bryan hop in front of you in the AJ fight in America or not? Uh, I don't think so. I don't, AJ, you know, Trevor Bryan doesn't really have any kind of following whatsoever. You know, he's really pretty quiet. Uh, he tried to talk smack about me once or twice, and, you know, some sparring footage came out. And that was actually uh, my first day sparring at 335, not really doing anything. Just walking to the gym, me and Shannon Brazier was talking and having a joke. And I said, I spar, I spar Trevor Bryant. And this kind of manhandling and beat him up without really training for a couple months. He was doing weight training. So, like I said, I trained for Trevor Bryant. I knock him out two rounds. That, what, 325 wasn't the time in the afternoon. That was your weight at the time, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, 325 is, is an understatement, like 335 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they call him the big baby, Adam. That's it, that's it. Listen, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, Jerome. <laughs> it really is. Really is a, a top. Uh, thank you so much for your time, my friend, and we'll speak to you, uh, no doubt, in the in the not-too-distant future. Jarrell Miller there, the big baby, uh, joining us on the show here on, uh, on Talk Sport. Interesting to hear him say there that it's uh, quite a way off, Gareth. The, the rumours here on in the UK no, is that it's close. Well, listen, I've been talking to his team. in the Look, there's a lot of rumours in, in boxing. Everyone's got an opinion on Twitter these days, Adam. Don't, don't believe the rumour, Mill. Look, um, 
it, there is an outside chance that fight could happen soon. But as, as to my understanding, for talking to people in the background, as we do being insiders in the sport, that, that it's still a long way off. And, you know, as Gerald kind of mentioned there, which I wasn't going to mention before he did, I was asked to keep it under wraps. Potentially, he's, he's got another fight being announced um, by the end of next week. They're waiting for a few things to be sorted out. Mm. Um, listen, everyone, if they're going to fight, if, they, if they're fighting AJ, they want a big payday. So they want of the course. conditions in right. But I tell you something else. That guy is no pushover in America for Anthony Joshua either, by the way. No pushover whatsoever. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. The guests are going to keep coming. It's Chris Eubank Jr. Next, not go anywhere. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I know what Chris Shoebank's about. He's tough, he's strong, he's game, he's there, he's tough, he's in your face. But he's limited. He's shown that through his career. He's been stepped up twice and he's lost twice. Only a madman would underestimate me, so I believe that he's going to be fully focused. I think this is going to be the best James DeGale that we've seen for this fight because he knows if it's not, then he's in he's in a world of pain. His last fight against Groves, he looked bang average. Groves made him look bang average. But let me tell you something about Chris Eubank. If you're shot or if you're not in shape, he's going to get on top. I believe that every fighter rises to the occasion. He's fought lower level opponents and I think that he's underestimated or hasn't really um, given him the drive to perform. Decision and now the new super middleweight champion, Chunky James DeGale. Your winner by TKO, Chris Next Gen Eubank Jr. I'm so glad I've only got to wait six more weeks to get my hands on him because he's been, he's called my name for so long. He's run his mouth on Twitter, Instagram. So I'm expecting this to be, uh, you know, an epic fight of attrition and, uh, it's going to come down to who wants it most. The dulcet tones of James DeGale and Chris Eubank Jr. There, their fight announced February 23rd, or to Arena. Oh, this has got me salivating. It's going to be an absolute cracker, and I'm pleased uh, to welcome to the show, Gareth, the one, the only, Mr. Chris Eubank Jr. How are you, mate? You well? I'm good. Good evening, guys. Good, good evening. evening, Chris. Good evening. Um, welcome uh, to the show. Just a quick one um, on this particular fight. You have decided now to uh, employ a full-time trainer in Nate Vasquez. Um, what brought you to that decision, Chris? This is true. I have, uh, <clears throat> for the first time in my career, 
I've now employed a man to train me every day. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's taken some getting used to for my entire career. I've pretty much done my own thing, trained myself for all my fights. So to have somebody come in and, and, uh, to, to have to take instruction each and every day, it's, um, it's different, but I think it's it's definitely paying dividends, and uh, I'm 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 seeing some good results, and I'm excited to show you guys uh, the fruits of my labour come to February 23rd. It's remarkable that you've got to the levels that you've got to without actually having somebody training you on a day-to-day basis. Would you not think? Um, I guess I guess you're right. Yeah, a lot of people have said the same thing, and it's it's just one of those things. I've always believed in myself. I still do, but I've I've kind of I've left that part of my bo- uh, my boxing um, the same for so many years because I had so many great performances, so many wins without the help of a trainer. That's just what I thought I would do for my entire career. But now mm. at this level, once you get to a certain level, I believe now that you need um, you need all hands on deck. You need as many eyes and ears uh, in your corner. Uh, you need to you know you need to have as many advantages and, and support as as much as you can leading into a fight like this. So that's what we have now. Good evening, Chris. So it's Gareth. Um, one of the things that um, people are forgetting, of course, is that Ronnie Davis and your father, um, you know, Chris Eubank Sr., have been with you the whole time as well in the sense that um, they have been great advisors for you. And Ronnie, I believe, is still in the gym, um, you know, at 95 years old, Um Still, kind of working no, with you. He's, he's definitely not ninety-five. He's, <laughs> he's going to get very upset hearing. <laughs> no, he, well, I'm good mates with him. I hope he's listening. I was only joking. Of course, he's not ninety-five. Um, he's a, yeah, of course. My father and Ronnie Davis have always been been there. Ronnie's Ronnie has been with me every day. Yes. Um, and that is, you know, no exaggeration. Every single day, but he is he is an older man, and he hasn't ever really trained me it's more of a of a guidance thing um, mm. for him mm. you know he can't hold the pads he can't do certain things that are needed from a trainer my father um you know in and out of the gym very busy man not not around most of the time for my training just because of the, the things he's got going on in his mm. own life mm. um obviously they've 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 always advised they've always you know directed but as far as you know official trainer i don't think i can say that that's what they have been um i believe i've been my own trainer and um now we have a man in nate vasquez who is living with me um and training me every day and uh it's uh, it's an experience and i'm enjoying it. one of the things that you didn't get credit for against um you know people lambasted you against george groves um because you know you were technically weren't this you technically weren't that i mean i've got to say and i've said it on air before your tenacity fascinates me and i and i i love the way that you you learn and fight and you're learning on the job and i, I do believe you're going to be a world champion anyway um a formidable world champion as well and um, i'm so pleased you've taken a trainer um and but i'm all i'm also of the mind that that you that you really kind of um I don't say wrecked physically, but you really took so much out of George Groves in the fight you had with him. If that had been an old school 15 round fight, we know you'd have won it. Um, and I do fear the same thing for James. I'm friends with James. I've known him a very long time, James DeGale. Um, and, you know, I do think this you could give him terrors in this fight because I, I believe you'll do the same as you do in most of your fights, which is come and deliver. And also, of course, what we love about you is um, every opponent you have seems to be enemy number one. So, <laughs> uh, so we cannot wait for the build-up. Yeah, well, in this particular fight here... Um... You know, me and James have have bumped heads for years. Um, we've we've never got along. We've never seen eye to eye. Uh, we've we've you know I've been calling him out for years. He's been ducking and dodging me for years. But at the same time, um, trash talking, saying I'm this, saying I'm that, saying I'm not good enough. Um, and now we're at the point mm. where there's just there's nowhere else to go we have to we have to we have to get this fight on and that, that was one of my big concerns was that um you know i didn't want to look back at the end of my career and and and, and say wow i never i never got to fight the girl that was that was really bugging me uh, and i and it and, it, and at one point it looked like that may have happened so this was the fight that you know i was constantly pushing for over the last six seven months and now we're here so uh, I, I can't wait 
Coming through this, Chris, puts you in a wonderful position uh, in the super middleweight division. I mean, James only just relinquished the uh, the IBF crown in the middle of last year. Um, but in, in total contrast to that, not coming through this, where, where does that leave the person that doesn't win this fight? The girl uh, says it leaves them with no op- other op- uh, other other option but to retire. Mm. Um, for me, I'm 29 years old. I I am I am a well, I guess I could say I'm a veteran in the game. I've had I think I've had enough fights now to to earn that title. Um, but you know I most definitely am not anywhere close to retiring. Um, you know I believe I'm actually in the prime of my career. And there's so many more goals, milestones, uh, accolades that I have yet to achieve and accomplish. So retirement is so far from my mind. You know, I, I'm actually, I'm actually shocked that he was even, you know, able, even had the balls to say that type of, mm. you know, use that type of language in a in, in a press conference. You know, talking about retirement and stuff like that. It's just not the mindset you should have going into a fight, in my opinion. Um, you know, I'm I'm not going to lose, so I, I'm not going to start sit here and start talking about where would I go if I lose. My mindset is search and destroy. I'm going to go in there, take this guy out, and move on to bigger and better things. No, I agree with that. I mean, look, I mean, the thing is this: um, four years, two months ago, um, let me put this in perspective for Chris, who will not probably not say it himself, and I know, but I know he'll agree with me. Four years, two months ago, 50 months ago, he fought, he was kind of a novice at the time, and he fought Billy Joe Saunders, who on his day, in boxing terms, can beat anyone in the world, probably at super middleweight or middleweight, because he has such great skills. And it was a split decision that night. I did have Billy Joe Saunders just winning, but Chris was tremendous. He learned so much that night. 50 months on, he is a completely different fighter. Um, And if he loses on points in a similar way, to James DeGale because he's been outboxed which could happen um, he just goes on and he gets stronger and he learns from it but I actually yeah, I'm, it, it couldn't happen go ahead, go ahead. but I'm going to but I'm, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my nail my colours to the mask I said I've known James many years I think Chris is going to give him terrors in this fight I think he'll be outboxed at times because James is very dangerous and very elusive but I think the, the real danger comes from the tenacity and desire of this young man, as you say, who's 29, who'll go on to, to... I don't care what people say on social media. He's got the genes. He's got the desire. I've been around him enough, and I've been around boxers enough to know when they've got something, and this kid has something. Well, I appreciate that, man. Um, well, in co- total contrast to what I said two moments ago then and what James has said in the in the press conference, winning this fight against the guy that is Olympic gold medalist and a two-time world champion, where does that then leave you in 2019 going forward? A shot at a world title, do you think? 100%. You know, this puts me back, fully back in the mix. Um, uh, it puts me in a position to where, you know, I, I can go after these belts and that is the main thing now for me to to fight and win belts in in either the super middleweight or the middleweight division. Um, beating James Miguel enables me to then, um, you know, call out the big names and get these big fights, which is, at this stage of my career, uh, all I want to do. So um, that's, 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 my, that's my goal for 2019, uh, collecting belts. And a very quick one... And a very quick one, Chris, because we're, we're going to go to the news. I think Adam won't go to the news. But the IBF title that James DeGale vacated, Jose Uzcategui yep. defends against Caleb Plant tonight. Really good fight. Who do you see winning? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I haven't actually seen any of their, any of their fights. I've seen Caleb fight um, and spar a couple of times at Floyd's gym. I don't know anything else about the other guy. Um, but, again, that is a belt that I will be... Um, diligently going after as soon as I dispatch a James Miguel on February 23rd. Top man. Listen, enjoy camp. Enjoy working with uh, Nate and we'll look forward to seeing you on uh, February 23rd. Take care, Chris. All right, guys. Cheers, mate. Top man. Uh, you're listening to uh, Fight Night on TalkSport. Do stick with us because the guests are going to keep coming. Frank Warren's on the show. Uh, Lisa Whiteside, uh, the Commonwealth gold medalist, is going to be on the show as well. And we're also going to be speaking to Liam Smith. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Gentlemen, the time has come for the bout you've all been waiting for. The heavyweight championship of the world 
It's time for Wilder versus Fury. Oh, great shot from Fury. Terrific right hand. Good left hook as well from Wilder. Oh, he's gone down. He's gone down. He's gone down. Was it the left hand which eventually finished it off? But he's gone down. Wilder has to find some bombs. He has to find some urgency. He has to do something, surely, to put Fury down here in this last round. Oh, and down he goes! Right hand, left hand! And I don't think he's going to get up! I think it's all over! I think it's over! Is he going to get up? Can he get up? Can he get up? He does! Oh, my goodness! Somehow Fury has managed to get up! Wilder senses the end is near. He's looking for him. Another left hook, partially blocked. Tries to measure it. Fury crazily, his arms behind his back. Lamps counters. Oh, what a left hand from Fury. Great punch. Great punch from Fury. Where did that come from? I think with the two knockdowns, I definitely won the fight. You know, we, we poured our hearts out tonight. You know what I mean? We both were warriors. We both went head to head. But with those two drops, I feel like I won the fight. I didn't think he had control of the fight. Listen, we're on away soil. I got knocked down twice, but I still believe I won the fight. And I believe every man in here thought I won that fight tonight. Fury. Tyson Fury, where you at, baby? <laughs> Just listening to the commentary of that epic clash on December the 1st at the back end of last year still puts chills all over my body. I don't know about you, Gareth, but we were very lucky to be ringside to what to witness what in 10 years' time from now when people say, were you there that night? I can, me and you can categorically say 100%. What a it, night. It, it what was, a night. It was amazing. And, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the great stories in, in heavyweight boxing and it's one of the great stories ever in sports. Um, you know, someone shedding 140 pounds to come back and put on a performance like that and that moment when he rose from the grave like Lazarus in the 12th round was extraordinary, Adam, and, and everyone that watched, I mean, he should have won Sports Personality of the Year, it should have won Moments of the Year in so many ways, and, you know, the, the, the comeback from mental health, all those things were so extraordinary, and, I, you know, I had the great privilege of being around Tyson a lot in the build-up, and, and around Deontay Wilder, and it was an amazing event, I'm really pleased for Frank Warren as well, in the way that he was, he got the, really one of the biggest sporting events of the year under his belt. It was sensational, and hopefully we're going to go and do it all again. Let's find out from the main man. Frank, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Listen, we're still buzzing from uh, the back end of December, my friend. Absolutely. Can we can we do it again? Are you going to promise us another one? Can we get them back in the ring together, these boys? Well, we're working on it. Working on it as we, uh, you know, as we speak. Every day I'm talking to um, face people, which we, you know, we, we want to make the fight. Tyson desperately wants it. But there are things that have got to happen. Uh, to, you know, to make it work, and, uh, and that's what we're working on at, what, at the moment. So hopefully, in, uh, we can get it over the line. What, what, what's, what's kind of what are the what are the sticking points at the moment, Frank? Is it venue? Is it timings? Is it is it money this time? What, what, what are the things? What, what are the, the intricacies? Oh, I, mean, I, I can't go into the details because right? obviously we're, in, we're at the moment we're negotiating. But you know, I've got to be that and one of the things that. Frank, t- Frank, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We've got a terrible line here, and I really don't want to miss out on, obviously, this conversation with you. We're going to try our very best to get a better line because I think it's an important thing. There'll be people listening to this right now who yeah. were excited, Gareth, at the back yep. end of last year. And that's the fight that everybody wants to see. Every time I put something up on social media, everybody wants to see uh, Wilder Fury 2. No question about it. Well, of course they do because when, you know, uh, what a seven weeks ago, um, you'd have probably said... You know, it's a toss-up for who's the number one heavyweight in the world uh, between Tyson, uh, between uh, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. Mm. And then after them, you've got, you know, Gerald Miller, Dillian White, um, and a couple of others, you know. But right now, after that December the 1st performance from Tyson Fury, uh, an incredible comeback. Most people in the world, mm. most people who know their boxing, as I said to you last week on the show when I was in America, when I spoke to Bob Arum last week to find out about Amir Khan and Terence Crawford, without hesitation, he said Tyson Fury. And and there's a simple reason for that. I love yeah. doing Bob's voice, that's all. Um, he'll be speaking to you later, Adam. Well, hopefully you but, can do that to his face later on. I'm, I'm led to believe that we've got Frank back on now with a, with a better line. Frank, welcome back. Hopefully we've, we've got you. You're not, you're not sounding like a dialect. No offence, my friend. I know it's yeah, Saturday night and everybody yeah. loves the old doctor but you know we'll, we'll try and get you on here as you were saying there there's there's a few little sticking points for this fight but you're quite optimistic that we are going to get the rematch 
Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody everybody involved wants to make the fight again, and we're doing our best to, to make that happen. But I think, you know, certain things got to be sorted out. And then we obviously, we were very unhappy with the judging of the fight, and I was unhappy with the commission in um, in California. I mean, obviously, California's not even an option for us. But, um, you know, there are things that we've got to sort out, and we're working hard on it. And I've got, you know, we've got a good relationship between all of us. So, you know, we work very hard to get it over the line, which we did last time. And I'm quite sure we can do it again. Would you, where, where would you like it to be this time? Do you want to go to Las Vegas with it and let the fans have a Vegas experience? Do you want to bring it home to the UK? And what's the time scale then, Frank, really? Because obviously you want to keep, you know, Tyson looks in fantastic shape in Marbella where he is with Ben Davison. But obviously you need to keep him active. Well, he's training very hard at the moment. And uh, as you say, he's been working even over the Christmas he was training. So mm. we don't want him hanging around. He wants to be out and we want him want him to be out, out um, as soon as possible. Um, but it's it's about the availability of venues and uh, and uh, and, uh, and obviously determining what the money's going to be. So they're, they're the things we're working on. But um, we, we want to get the fight on as soon as possible because, uh, you know, we don't want Tyson sitting around and he won't be sitting around. You know, that's not going to happen. He will, you know, he will be fighting. Um, and, it's you know, as I say, we're all working hard to, to try and get that over the line as soon as possible. What about the chances of you saying to uh, Eddie Hearn, Eddie, listen, we're hearing you're not wanting to fight at Wembley on April the 13th. We'll take over the date. <laughs> but, you know... Anything, anything in boxing is possible. But the bottom line of it all is, you got to go where the money is, and where the money is for this fight will be, uh, will probably be in the states. That's right. where it is because right. we've got to go prime time. You know, we've got a pay per view audience over here on BT, which is a good audience. But we've got, but you also got to look at the income from the states, and that normally, uh, as you know, for all the big, big fights, takes place in the states because of the uh, the, 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 the timing issues for their pay per view. Right, with that then done, I, I just want to talk quickly about December 22nd because what a night that was up in Manchester. First of all, Josh Warrington. He, he First of all, he surprises uh, Ellen Road with a wonderful performance against Lee Selby and then he's gone in against Carl Frampton and put in yet another performance. This, there's some momentum behind this kid. You've got to get him... I know you, there's mandatory obligations at the moment with the IBF and Kid Galahad, but he's got to get out to the States. He'd take an army out there, wouldn't he? Well, I'm sure he would, but, you know... He, 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 bring, he brings a lot of people to his fights. He's got, as you say, he's got an army. He fought, he fought uh, Ellen Road. We're looking to do another show at Ellen Road um, uh, immediately after the se- football season finishes. Um, but you know, he, he is, you know, he suddenly everybody's realised how good he is. I've mm. always believed in him. I always thought, he, you know, that he, you know that he would have the beating of a, of a lot of the featherweights. He went in there with a Carl Frampton who was, who was coming off of uh, some good wins. And Carl, you know, to his credit, never never moaned once about uh, or you know said that you know there's a problem in the training or anything. No. He said he trained very hard, and, it, and but he he did at the end of the day, he did what he did what he had to do. He went in there and and dominated that fight and dominated the fight against Selby. You know, at that time nobody give no one really gave him a chance in either of those fights, which I, I was amazed at. But he, he, I mean, he is an, he is one of our top fighters. He was involved for me in the best fight I've seen in a ring with two British fighters and I'm talking about at elite levels mm. I'm talking about guys you know are ranked in the top two top three in the world which they were at the time they made that fight and and delivered a fight that you know that, that we, when you talk about you were there it was that that was the place to be on the night you know mm. that's where the quality fighters were that's where where it was happening and we finished a year and a high with him and Tyson and they and for me they're the, they're the two best Without a doubt, the two best fighters in in Britain at the moment. Have you spoken to Carl? What's what's his plans going forward off, off yeah, the back of that I'm, loss? I'm, meet, I'm meeting with him this week. You know, he's he, he, you know, he's listen. He, he he's obviously very disappointed that he got beat, but um, no complaints from him. And we're going to talk about the future. I mean, he's a super guy. You couldn't, you know, yeah. it's a shame one of them had to lose. Yeah, he was. Yeah, two better guys. None of that trash talking. Like, there was respect. At the end of every round, they were touching gloves. At the end of the, you know, at the beginning of the twelfth round, they were putting their arms around each other. And, you know, they were, I mean, it was it was that type of night. It was a special, special night mm. involving two special fighters. Mm. Frank, um, it, we need to ask as well about what's next now for Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bill's Bill's um, Bill will fight in April. I mean, he had he had a, an, a, a very much overweight match fight, I should say, on that card on the twenty second. We did that because we wanted him out. I didn't want him, you know, Christmas putting on yet another 
you know, piling on the pounds. Um, and now he, he came to see me uh, last week, so we sat down, and he's going to be fighting in April. We will have him out in April, and uh, we've got to get him into meaningful fights. Can I just say, after, on that card, by the way, in Manchester, Liam Williams was absolutely unbelievable. I can't believe how good he was, and I, I'm surprised that maybe he's not stepped up to middleweight a little bit earlier. He was fantastic. Well, he, he, he still feels he can fight at, um, at light middle, but, you know, he, he was. I mean, you know, Heffron, you know, Ronnie Heffron was a really top-quality prospect, big puncher, and he just didn't get into the fight. You know, Liam just, just bossed the fight from the first round. Frank, can I just go back to Tyson Fury for a minute? I just wondered, um, do you now feel after what happened in December and the build-up for Tyson Fury and the way the fans have got behind him, the way he hasn't had the credit he fully deserves, I think, that he's now a bigger draw in Britain than Anthony Joshua? Yeah, I do. I think he's a man of the people. I think you look at all the polls, the recent polls, you know, round of the year, uh, was it Ring Magazine, round of the year, mm. um, uh, comeback of the year, he got the vote. I think the, the, the Telegraph did a, a British sportsman's vote. He was the highest, uh, he got the highest amount of votes for a British boxer. I think Boxing News, although I don't agree with some of the, the way, you know, some of what they consider fights of the years, but, you know, they they, they ranked him above Anthony Joshua. So, you know, that, 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 this, when you think this time last year, what it is now, he's the man, he's the guy, and there's a reason for it because he's 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 gone in each time at the and fought the best. He went and fought the best Klitschko 18 months before Anthony Joshua did, and done a done a job with him in the other guy's backyard in Germany, and he did the same thing when he went out um, in December out out to um at out, out in the states against Wilder. I mean, he went into the other guy's backyard and 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 got robbed. Mm. Let's do it again, man. Vegas, please, if you if you wouldn't mind, Frank, that'd be wonderful. We'd like a little trip out there. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're see if we can accommodate. But, but you know, they're good fights. They're in great positions. These guys, you know, Tyson's in a fantastic place at the moment. So Josh, we've got a lot of other youngsters there. Bill, we'll get back. So it's, it's going to be quite an exciting year for the fighters that I'm involved with. That's for sure. No, superb, Frank. Th- thank you. Sorry, Gareth, I just wanted to ask Frank, is, is, you know, is there a, I mean, you and I spoke in late December, Frank. I mean, is there a, is there a kind of cutoff point where you'd like to get this deal sorted by for, for Tyson against Wilder? Is there a cutoff point in January or not? Well, it's not, there's a cut, there'll be a, I mean, the cutoff point is we can't agree terms. That's it. But, we, you know, I mean, I'm dealing with Shelley, who's a, a very sensible person and yeah. myself. I mean, we made the fight very easy last time. And it's just... Uh, and Al Heyman wants it. And Al Heyman wants it. Yeah, well, he wants it. I mean, the fighters want it. That's the yeah, ones who yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. The fighters want it. The fighters are the ones at the end of the day determine who they're going to fight. You know, cut for all this. I mean, fighters either say they want to fight someone or they don't want to fight someone. And that's really what it is. Hmm. And, you know, uh, that's why with Tyson, get me the guy. Get me the number one. Get me the champion. No messing about him. You know, he came back off of t- fighting two... Pretty easy jobs, you know, knockover jobs, as you mentioned earlier in the program. Lost nearly 10 stone, got yourself in the ring. But the fact of the matter is, what? why the public have had such a, have got now such an affection for him, it's that British thing. You, you know, that, that British thing when a guy's been down, he's been to the depths of despair, you know, suicidal, but he's come back. And it's not like he's saying, let, give me a, a let, you know, line up a few knockovers for mm, me. Mm. You know, go and put me in with the hardest punching heavyweight that's been the, the, of recent times. That's what he asked for. Mm. Top man. Listen, Frank, thank you so much for your time this evening, mate. Um, hopefully we'll be You're speaking welcome. again uh, not in the not-too-distant future once uh, these fights are all signed and sealed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.